Good morning, and welcome to Emmanuel Anglican Church. This is morning prayer with scriptures and the sermon for the second Sunday of Easter, Sunday, April 19th. We begin this morning with the opening acclamation, or introductory sentence. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. And as we enter into worship this morning, we do so with confession. Dearly beloved, the scriptures teach us to acknowledge our many sins and offenses, not concealing them from our Heavenly Father, but confessing them with humble and obedient hearts, that we may obtain forgiveness of His infinite goodness and mercy. We ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before Almighty God, but especially when we come together in His presence to give thanks for the great benefits we have received at His hands, to declare His most worthy praise, to hear His holy word, and to ask for ourselves and others those things necessary for our life and our salvation. Therefore, come with me to the throne of heavenly grace. We'll use the form of confession found on the bottom of page 3 of our morning prayer booklets. Let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Hallelujah. The Lord is risen indeed. O come, let us adore Him. Let us adore Christ our Lord by saying together the Pascha Nostrum, Christ our Passover. You'll find it printed on page 7 of your morning prayer booklet. Together. Alleluia! Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Alleluia! Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So also consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Alleluia! Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, 
so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Alleluia. Our psalm appointed for today is Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our first reading this morning, our first lesson, comes from the second chapter of the book of Acts. I'll read a portion of verse 14, and then I'll skip down to verse 22, starting with verse 14 of Acts chapter 2. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we all are witnesses." This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's respond to the reading of the word by saying together the Te Deum Latimus, we praise you, O God. You find it printed on page 8 of your worship booklet. We praise you, O God. We acclaim you as Lord. All creation worships you, the Father everlasting. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, the cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. 
The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the Holy Church acclaims you, Father of majesty unbounded, your true and only Son, worthy of all praise, the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. You, Christ, are the King of glory, the eternal Son of the Father. When you took our flesh to set us free, you humbly chose the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death and opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You are seated at God's right hand in glory. We believe that you will come to be our judge. Come then, Lord, and help your people, bought with the price of your own blood, and bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Let us stand together for the reading of the gospel. The gospel this morning comes from the gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter, beginning at the 19th verse. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, the disciples were inside again, and, Jesus, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us prepare our hearts for reception of a sermon by saying together the Benedictus as Domine, found on page 9, this song of praise. Glory to you, Lord God of our fathers. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple, on the throne of your majesty. Glory to you. Glory to you seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you beholding the depths and the high vault of heaven. Glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Come now, Holy Spirit, we pray as we turn to the preaching of the Word of God. Spirit, come and work in us and move amongst us. Though we are separated and isolated by physical distance, Holy Spirit, you uh, transcend and surpass all barriers and obstacles. And so, Spirit, we pray as we come into the Word of God, as we hear it, Spirit, we pray that you would be at work 
Show us Jesus. Make much of Jesus. Change our hearts and our minds. Align us with Jesus. And glorify Jesus, we pray. In his name. Amen. Well, if you're not already seated, please do so as we turn to the preaching this morning of this particular sermon. Our primary text this morning will be from that passage in John chapter 20. One of the things that I find uh, to be incredibly graceful and gracious about God and about Jesus and about the work of the Holy Spirit is that there is this ongoing revelation of testimony in the Scriptures. You know, Jesus didn't just uh, die and was buried and then disappeared. He, uh, St. Luke tells us as he opens the book of Acts, he went around and he showed himself alive for 40 days. So this idea is that there, it isn't just that, 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 that we're left to our own imaginations. We're, we're not just left to muddle about and, and sort of figure things out. No, Jesus leaves behind or Jesus leaves testimony about who he is, what he's done, and that he is alive. Jesus went about for 40 days after the resurrection, showed himself, did things with individuals. He interacted. He revealed his resurrection. And what a difference that makes. What a difference that makes. On the day of Jesus' resurrection, in in, in John chapter 20, St. John writes that on that day of resurrection, the disciples were locked inside a house. They were afraid that, like Jesus, they might end up dead on account of the leaders of the Jews. Can you imagine how afraid they were? Can you imagine how anxious, how worried They were, can you imagine, in the midst of a lockdown of their own, the emotions that they were dealing with? And then Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up in the middle of their worry, in the middle of their fear, their anxiety, in the middle of their lockdown. The risen Jesus shows up and he gives peace. Now, there's different aspects of this particular account that that we're probably not going to hit on a whole lot this morning. Because I really want to focus on this idea that the risen Jesus gives peace. He comes into the midst of their worry, their fear, their anxiety, and he gives gifts. Peace in the Holy Spirit, and he gives them a mission to go out and proclaim his death, his burial, his resurrection, life in his name. But I want to focus this morning on this idea of peace. St. John tells us, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, that's the day of resurrection, folks. That's the day where Jesus emerged from the grave. The doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. At this point in John's narrative, excuse me, at this point in John's narrative, only Mary Magdalene had seen the risen Jesus. And while the other Gospels report a few others had seen him, the majority of those who followed him while he was alive had not yet seen the risen Jesus. These disciples were afraid. They were confused. They were skeptical. They were full of doubt. While Thomas gets the most attention for his doubtful skepticism regarding Jesus' resurrection, St. Luke tells us that the 11 apostles' first reaction to the news of Jesus' resurrection was actually one of skepticism and doubt. They considered the reports from the women to be an idle tale. Luke tells us that in Luke chapter 24, verse 11. Afraid and doubting, anxious and worried, hiding behind locked doors. Then Jesus showed up. 
Jesus came and, and stood among... I love the simplicity of John's statement here. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. He just came. He just showed up. And to all of them, Jesus showed himself. And in the midst of their fear, he proclaimed peace three times in this short passage. As in the midst of their doubt, he shows himself. Let's, let's notice what Jesus says here in verse 19. What he says again in verse 21. And again, eight days later in verse 26, he says, Peace be with you. Now, Jesus is doing more, much more than just using a fancy way to say hello. He's giving them peace. In the middle of their fear, in the middle of their doubt, in the middle of their anxiety, their worry, their lockdown, the risen Jesus came to them and said, Peace. Peace in both its Hebraic and Greek roots. The word irene in Greek and the word shalom in Hebrew, it means more than just the absence of war or conflict. The idea carries with it the understanding of wholeness, of perfection. That something or someone which is complex and multifaceted is as it was supposed to be. In a little video from the Bible Project, you can find it online, fantastic resource and website. But in a little video from the Bible Project, peace is described in terms of, of restoration. Right? This idea that, that life is complex with many pieces and parts, and when any part of it breaks down, the well-being of the whole is damaged. It's out of joint. It is out of irene. Out of shalom. And so in the Bible then, to shalom something, to peace it, is to restore it to wholeness, to reconcile, to heal. It refers to a, a person's well-being. And so when Jesus gives peace to a person, he's giving them what they need to be who they were made to be. It's well-being in the face of fear. It's wholeness in the face of doubt. Peace is calm in the face of anxiety. It's a deep sense of well-being, even in the midst of lockdown. Peace of this breadth, peace of this depth, peace of this totality only comes from a person. In Isaiah chapter 9, the prophet looks forward to a time in which a special child will be born who will rule the cosmos. This child has specific names. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It is well, we can say, because of what God has done in Jesus. These disciples are receiving peace not because they're creating it for themselves. No, they're receiving it because of the person Jesus standing in their midst, giving it to them. We can be made whole, reconciled to God and to others, and be at peace regardless of external circumstances because of the one we know, the crucified and risen Jesus, who gives peace. In some ways, we can actually talk about the good news of Jesus, the gospel, in terms of peace. St. Paul does this in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. There he writes, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It was peace with God, this, this wholeness of relationship, the absence of enmity between us and God and God and us, comes in Jesus. It's a gift received by grace through faith. It is an internal condition that is independent upon external circumstances. True peace. The peace that Jesus gives between God and man does not depend upon our economic status or our legal freedoms. It doesn't depend upon our lockdown. It doesn't depend upon our worry or anxiety or fear. It doesn't depend upon our ability to earn it or buy it. It's given by grace. Here then is the core, the heart 
of the gospel, peace with God, wholeness with God in Jesus. And this peace that Jesus has to give us is in relation to God, but it is also an inner disposition while still facing the troubles of the world. It's an inner stillness, an inner confidence, an inner wholeness while still facing the pandemics and crisis of sin, of crises of this world because of the gift Jesus has to give. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The peace that Jesus gave to his disciples is well-being, it's wholeness. It is the positive blessing of a right relationship with God that cuts through our fears and our doubts, and it's independent of our external or outward circumstances. In their encounter with the risen Jesus, these disciples receive peace. And in that peace, they find courage and they find strength. Peter, right? Peter's the one who denied Jesus on the night of his arrest. He's the one full of anxiety and doubts. He's, he's locked down with the other disciples. This is the same Peter who stood before a great crowd on the day of Pentecost, recorded in Acts chapter 2, and proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the same Peter who, a little bit later on in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5, will stand before the Sanhedrin, the very group of men who condemned Jesus to death before Pilate, and he will tell them they are wrong. Having received peace from Christ, Peter's anxiety and his fear was overcome. Having received peace from the risen Christ, Peter was full of courage. Folks, the risen Jesus gives the apostles peace. The risen Jesus also gives to his disciples there a mission. Yep, he sends them out as witnesses. The disciples would, in fact, go on in the peace peace given by the risen Jesus to boldly proclaim the gospel around the known world, to face persecution and death. They did so because the risen Jesus gave them peace. And as he gave them peace, he gave them a mission. He also gave them the Holy Spirit. But I really want us to see this morning that in the midst of the apostles' fear and doubt, Jesus gave peace, and that peace that Jesus gives is bound up in the enduring presence of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to them, again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. His empowerment, empowerment for ministry, empowerment for the mission that he has given them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. In this prophetic action of the risen Jesus, he's pointing forward to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was to come on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came upon all who believed in Jesus with an enduring presence that both brought peace and empowered mission. And peace is connected to the presence of the Spirit. In John chapter 14, Jesus offered them his peace directly after announcing to them that the coming of the Spirit. And in John chapter 20, the order is reversed. The peace that Jesus gives is not based on an emotion or a feeling. It is a result of the presence of the Spirit of God residing within the believer. The scholar Leon Morris comments, The peace that Jesus gives is the natural result of the presence within people of the Holy Spirit of whom Jesus is speaking. 
And this is precisely why then peace leads to courage. It's a peace that is independent, again, independent upon external circumstances, because it is a peace that is dependent upon a person, the gift of the Holy Spirit. These 11 apostles were transformed. Even Doubting Thomas were transformed from frightened hiders to bold proclaimers. They went from fearing for their lives to willingly giving their lives. Why? Because the risen Jesus gave them peace and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's great for the apostles, you may be thinking to yourself, but I wasn't alive then, and I haven't seen the risen Jesus like them. We're a little bit like Thomas in that, aren't we? We might be a, a little bit like the young man, the young son of a missionary who, when called to dinner to, and told to wash his hands, replied, germs in Jesus, germs in Jesus. That's all I ever hear. I've never seen either one of them. And people are looking for happiness and security in the midst of their worry about health care, the economy, and the unrelenting chaos in today's politically divisive world, Laura Holson recently wrote in the New York Times. Now there's a pandemic amongst us. Our mortality and our inability to control situations and contexts, our inability to solve our own problems, lie before us. We too are on lockdown. We too face fear and worry and anxiety. We bounce from moment to moment, from crisis to crisis. Happiness and security ebb and flow with every tweet or Facebook post. We seek for something to tell us that it will be all right. We long for the quote-unquote normal to return We want what Jesus has to give, but we just keep on looking for it in the wrong places. We long for peace, and our longing reveals our need. Peace found in the triune God. To an anxious and angry world, the church, our church, is called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And with Jesus, we proclaim the peace that that is found in the work and the promises of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me say this very clearly now. The gift of the risen Jesus, the peace and the Holy Spirit that he gave to those people locked in the room in John 20, are the gifts he continues to give to all who believe him. In this passage from John 20, we read, Jesus said to them, him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And at the conclusion of his sermon on the day of Pentecost, found in Acts chapter 2, St. Peter said this, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And so the, the conclusion in this is the risen Jesus gives peace to those who encounter him here and now and today. The gifts he has to give, the peace he has to give, the spirit he has to give, his very presence, they are available now in the midst of our worry, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our lockdown. But how do we receive them? How do we encounter the risen Jesus and receive these gifts from him? Primarily, we encounter the risen Jesus through two things. The the witness of the Holy Spirit in word and sacrament. 
At the end of John chapter 20, St. John writes, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to convict and convince, to bring us into an encounter with the risen Jesus and to receive his peace. On that same day, recorded here in John chapter 20, on that same day in Luke chapter 24, Jesus is on the road to Emmaus talking to two disciples, and he reveals himself as the risen Jesus. But how does he do that? He does it by taking them into the pages of Scripture. He began to talk with them, going all the way back to what began. And he works through the law and the prophets, we're told to talk about why it was that Jesus, by the Messiah, had to be crucified and then would rise. And then a little bit later on, we're coming to this idea of the sacrament, a little bit later on in Luke chapter 24, Jesus breaks bread with these two disciples, and their eyes, were told, were opened to who he was, his identity. How did Jesus reveal himself as a resurrected one? On the day of his resurrection with these two particular disciples? Through word, and I submit to you, through sacrament. They said, did our hearts not burn while he spoke to us? So we have the word of God that the Holy Spirit uses to reveal to us the risen Christ. We also have the gospel sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper. The Holy Spirit is at work in them to bring us more and more into union with the risen Jesus. There's more going on as we celebrate communion than just eating a bit of bread and having a sip of wine. In the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and in baptism, God works invisibly in us as a people as well as individuals to awaken, to strengthen, to confirm our faith in him. We also encounter the risen Jesus as we come under biblical teaching and preaching, as we come into community of believers, and as we humbly ask the risen Jesus to reveal himself to us in these means. This is how we deal with our worry, our anxiety, our fear, our lack of faith, our lack of courage, our doubts in the midst of our lockdown. How do we find Jesus? The gospel. The word of God. The risen Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to those who encounter him here and now and today, and peace comes with him. The peace that Jesus has to give is wrapped up in the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. The mission he has to give, that he has given, is wrapped up in the abiding presence and power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is received by simply asking. We discussed this in Alpha. We discussed this in our recent sermon series on uh, the Holy Spirit. The way the Holy Spirit is received is simply by asking the Father in Jesus to receive that gift. So let me ask you this morning, do you need the peace that Jesus has to offer? In the midst of our lockdown, are you full of fear and worry, anxiety and doubt? Have you asked to encounter the risen Jesus through the word? Have you asked for the Holy Spirit to come in power? Is the abiding presence and power of the Holy Spirit an active part of your life in Christ? This comes from Jesus, that in the midst of our anxiety and fear, in the midst of our lockdown, he will give peace. He will give the Spirit. 
The risen Jesus gives peace. The risen Jesus gives the Holy Spirit. And these gifts change everything. These gifts of the risen Jesus make us whole and give us well-being even in the midst of really terrible external circumstances. Know Jesus and receive his peace. I said this to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, let us stand together and reaffirm our faith, having concluded our sermon time as we now transition to a time of prayer. Let us stand together and reaffirm our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. As we adopt the posture of prayer, we uh, begin our prayers by saying together the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our prayers continue on page 11 of our worship booklets. O Lord, show your mercy upon us and grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide those who govern us and lead us in the way of justice and truth. Clothe your ministers with righteousness and let your people sing with joy. O Lord, save your people and bless your inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, and defend us by your mighty power. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and take not your Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal Mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. As we continue to offer our prayers this morning, we offer specific prayers for our specific time and context. And so we're going to pray for those whom we know and love who are ill with a variety of illnesses, who are serving in a variety of means and capacities, as we will pray for our time of social distress, as well as our economy. Let us begin by praying for those whom we know and love who are ill with a variety of illnesses. Almighty and immortal God, giver of life and health, we implore your mercy for your servants. Dot, Jane, Sally, Keith, Forrest, Nancy, Betts, Joe, Marlene, Nathaniel, Jack Ryan, 
Judy, Seth, Kathy, Brant, Helen, Joyce, John, Patty, Lee, Jenna, Ann, Caleb K, Lori, Tammy, Tracy, Randy, Craig, Alice, Dave, Mallory, Melissa, June, Hal, Sue, Mike, Bob, and Sally, and any others that you may now name. We implore your mercy that by your blessing upon them and upon those who minister to them with your healing gifts, they may be restored to health of body and mind, according to your gracious will, and may give thanks to you in your holy church, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Almighty God, whose blessed Son Jesus Christ went about doing good and healing all manner of sickness and disease among the people, continue in our hospitals his gracious work among us, console and heal the sick, and grant to the physicians, nurses, and assisting staff wisdom and skill, diligence, and patience. Prosper their work, O Lord, and send down your blessing upon all who serve the suffering through Jesus Christ our Lord. In this context, uh, we pray especially for Rebecca, Aaron, Mary Ann. They're working on the front lines uh, with those who are ill. We pray in a time of social distress that we would be good neighbors. And so increase, O God, the spirit of neighborliness among us, that in peril we may uphold one another, in suffering tend to one another, and in homelessness, loneliness, or exile, befriend one another. Grant us brave and enduring hearts that we may strengthen one another until the disciplines and testing of these days are ended. And you again give peace in our time through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Gracious God, we pray for those who are working who uh, maybe are not working in the medical profession, but are still working in essential services and interacting with individuals. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless them with your grace. We pray for those who are first responders. We pray for those who are firefighters. We pray for those who are law enforcement officers. We pray for a young man named Jonathan. Grant him your grace and protection, we pray. And we pray in this time of worry and anxiety, we pray for trustfulness. As we look for peace, as we pray for peace from the risen Jesus, we pray for trustfulness. Most loving Father, you will us to give thanks for all things, to dread nothing but the loss of you, and to cast all our care on the one who cares for us. Preserve us from faithless fears and worldly anxieties, and grant that no clouds of this mortal life may hide us from the light of that love which is immortal, and which you have manifested unto us in your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Lord, this is a time of economic worry, uh, in a time of deep recession, in a time of unemployment, uh, people concerned about feeding their families, paying their bills, people needing work and employment. Gracious God, we lift up before you the commerce and industries of this area, of this state, and of this nation. We lift up before you the well-being economically of this world. Lord, we pray that... Uh, those who maintain the commerce and industries of this land, Lord, we, we pray that, that all who do labor would have pride in their work. We pray for a just reward and joy. Well, we pray that we would look to you and turn to you. We remember before you those who suffer want and anxiety from lack of work. 
I pray that you would guide the people of this land so to use our public and private wealth that all may find suitable and fulfilling employment and receive a just reward for their labor through Jesus Christ, our Lord. O God, our King, by the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the first day of the week, you conquered sin, you put death to flight, and gave us the hope of everlasting life. Redeem all our days by this victory. Forgive our sins. Banish our fears. Make us bold to praise you and to do your will. And steal us to wait for the consummation of your kingdom on the last great day. Through through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that, e- that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications to you, and you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come, life everlasting. Let us stand together. All of our problems we send to the cross of Christ. All of our difficulties we send to the cross of Christ. All the devil's works we send to the cross of Christ. And all of our hopes we set on the risen Christ. May Christ, the Son of Righteousness, shine upon you and scatter the darkness from before your path. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you now and remain with you always. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God.